Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Welcome everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu with you again for Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm so happy today to have with us as our guest, Deborah Cohen. She is a coach with a doctorate level education in clinical transpersonal psychology. We actually went to the same grad school and her (laughs) modalities include CEP, TFT, EFT, Meridian and Chakra based therapies, master instructor, integrated energy therapist, soul detective, Reiki and energy medicine. Deborah is a yoga, fitness, meditation and medical Qigong instructor. She developed an online chakra kundalini training program called Kundalini Awakening Transformation Therapy, K-A-T-T, and is the author of Kundalini Empowering the Mind, Body, Heart, and Soul. Deborah's private practice offers innovative, energy-based, transformational coaching that has been shown to help release the energetic impact of stressful life events. She emphasizes human potential's ability toward performance, health, happiness, creativity, success, and fulfillment. Welcome, Deborah. Hi. So glad to have you with us today. Um, I always start every episode with a little bit, let us get to know you a little bit. What's your story? How did you find yourself doing this work? Um, I never thought in a million years I would do this work. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up but I had an interest in going to psychology. And in my undergrad education, I was on the honors track at um, San Jose State. I um, also became a yoga instructor. I was a fitness trained uh, instructor, and then I became a yoga instructor. But that's not what led me into energy work. I, through my education and, and some of the, research um, on amnesia and different things, I, I felt like there is an awareness in a person that went beyond just the conscious level. And also my background uh, was also very spiritual and religious in Christianity. Um, so I don't know even how it came to me, but I wanted to learn energy work. And synchronicity brought events to where I went, I went into integrative energy healing. It, it just kind of fell in my lap. Uh, the training was um, easy. I was able to uh, make time for it, which was a miracle in itself. <laughs> and uh, was so interested that I became a master instructor. And then I trained other individuals. 
And it's a really nice energy-based therapy that's really relaxing. People lay down, it's like Reiki, and you connect with the angelic uh, realm and work on the chakras and the organs of the body. And then from there, as I continued uh, seeing clients and doing workshops on yoga and chakra healing, I um, from there, I eventually had my own transpersonal experience through a kundalini awakening, as well as some of my clients. And it led me interested in, um, it, it's now Sophia University, but it was ITP, the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology, because they work with these different spiritual type, types of spiritual awakenings. And so I went through their clinical PhD program, but didn't finish, um, decided to drop out after the third year, but had a really rich education and learned how to work with the Kundalini, had an amazing mentor who had a Kundalini awakening. And um, in fact, she's some of my, um, she's some of my references that I used for my, um, uh, PowerPoint slide for, uh, for the Kundalini education. So from there, I kind of went, I also learned about um, uh, the association with comprehensive energy psychology there and became a member, but wasn't active for quite a while for whatever reasons. I got married, got involved with family, uh, continued to teach yoga and see clients for Reiki and um, integrative energy therapy. And, but then finally the time came, the right timing came that I got involved with ASAP, the Association with Comprehensive Energy Psychology. And from there, I started out with Donna Eden's work and then I finally tiptoed into the comprehensive energy training, uh, comprehensive energy psychology one and two and went in to get the certified energy health uh, practitioner certificate. And then after that, eventually became a consultant. I'm one of ASAP's consultants and their uh, California state rep. And so, when I was going through all that education with ASAP and all of the workshops and conferences, I noticed there was no mention of Kundalini. There's no mention of Kundalini in the classes. And I was just thinking, wow, this, this is an area that I, would, I felt really inspired to talk about. I had already been uh, giving workshops on Kundalini with my students and teaching chakra clearing and kundalini awakening and chakra yoga. And I felt, I felt really inspired to talk about kundalini with ASAP. So they accepted my proposal and I wrote a book. I already had notes, but I finally formulated a book. Uh, so it was ready for when I presented ASAP. And so they've accepted my uh, work on Kundalini, a few conferences. Um, the last conference, um, of course, was online and it wasn't presented online, but um, but they also saw it as a value, value to ASAP, that the information was valuable. 
um, that we needed to know about it. And the reason is uh, I've worked with clients and um, somehow the work has inspired Kundalini Awakening. And these are just normal working people, you know, they're not, they're not living in an ashram or going to India or doing anything, you know, um, you know, to, too involved and and I've I've ran into a few people or not ran into I've had clients um, have Kundalini awakening and it's made them feel really anxious they didn't know what was happening to them they thought maybe they were going a little crazy and things like that and um, and I just feel like when anyone's working so deeply on the energy system especially the chakra system because the chakra system is part of the kundalini system it's part of that ancient tantra um teachings about the whole energy system not tantra sex don't a lot of people get confused that that's just one component of the teachings of tantra but um it's it's just a very it's it's just somehow they in ancient India, they somehow knew about our energy system. They saw it. They knew about all the lines of energies. They called nadis. They knew about all our chakras. They could see it. They knew about the central, the main central canals and the other ones that are um, uh, running, not like a helix up the spine. And uh, they knew about the kundalini energy and how, how unique that was. And, and so working with a chakra system could, you know, inspire Kundalini awakening, teaching someone to meditate can inspire Kundalini awakening, uh, teaching someone to really connect deep within. And, but also I ran into uh, people who've had Kundalini awakening through trauma. And so one of my um, uh, fellow doctoral students felt that uh, when she had a trauma, she was uh, violently raped and, and um, held by her throat. She had an experience that was something different than dissociation. And she felt that her Kundalini awakened. And it actually can awaken through uh, a really intense event like that. So yeah, that's uh, why I was inspired to do this work. And um, I train people individually. I have a training individually. And I did my first Zoom training, group Zoom training that was very successful. Wonderful. So for those in our audience who maybe aren't as familiar with the terms, can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly are the chakras and what is the Kundalini energy? Best as you can describe it. Yeah, as best as I can. So yeah, so... Um, the chakra system is areas of the body. And this is what I love about working with the chakra system is uh, in meditation or chakra yoga, I'll work with different areas of the body. So it helps people to really connect with their bodies. And it's a beautiful thing because as they connect with different systems of the body, so like we got the top of the head, the system at the top of the head, the system around the forehead, they all kind of are in line with our nervous system and all the nerves. 
And then we've got the system around the throat area, glands, um, glands, that's when I say that the glandular system are also very uh, related with each chakra. And then we got the system around the heart and then the system around the uh, solar plexus, the uh, hips and reproductive system, and then the base of the spine. Um, and each system has like a psychological theme or an archetype. They have like a god and goddess uh, associated with each system. They have so many symbols and properties that um, I could, I'm not a, I, it's, it's not my place to be a scholar to know all those details, but they're really, for someone interested in symbolism, there's so much if they wanna go deep and learn the symbolism of each chakra. Each one has a symbol of a petal. Each one has a Sanskrit, uh, a Sanskrit skirt, San, Sanskrit uh, symbol. So like, you know, Om, I'm wearing an Om right now is a Sanskrit symbol. Um, each chakra has one. And one time, um, one, one person's chakras, one person's chakra during one of my chakra trainings awakened and she had no idea, but she saw the symbol. And that's a sign that one of the chakras just really kind of energized on a level that wasn't before sort of it was on but then got supercharged somehow and so so these systems um, are described as energy vortexes or wheels chakra in itself means will in sanskrit and so they the idea that the the energy is like spinning like you know how some people if they sit really still and they meditate and they're really still you'll see them rocking mm -hmm. right right and so they're probably going with their you know they're probably getting into that chakra energy perhaps i'm not sure but they could right so they could spin right or left and oftentimes spinning um left the chakras are removing something it's symbolically for removing something or clearing out something and spinning right means that it's coming back into alignment and balance and so so the systems are are i i think of them as power plants sort of and we have other minor chakras in the body too and then we have like a freeway system called the nadis that are all like lining up with you know going all throughout our energy field inside our body. And, um, and it, it kind of creates this aura, this egg-shaped aura around us, the whole system. And we have a chakra above, a chakra below. In fact, some say that, you know, the chakras continue up into the higher realms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then these, these energy systems can get imbalanced, right? Like energy can get stuck or like it's kind of spinning the, the other way. Like what, what happens when people's energy gets imbalanced and how could that show up, let's say, as a mental health issue, for example? Yeah, so, so it's said that all of these systems hold... Um, um, all memory. I, I'm trying to think of a way to make it all encompassing. And so, and so, um, 
And so let's say a thought or an attitude um, or a trauma or a stressor isn't quite healed out of the system and it gets stuck. It, it, it may be that a person might not see it. It could be very subconscious and they may not know it's there. Or if you're working with a therapist and the therapist might actually get a feeling about it, right? Um, because they're able to, to see a broader perspective. And so um, a person might talk about something that may have, that may be happening now, but then you go back in time and, and maybe they've had a similar situation come up in the past and then you keep going back in time and maybe you find out that it's a family issue and, and you keep finding out that maybe something happened to them when they were really young. And then, and then so you can kind of also, let's say uh, therapists oftentimes work in the first and second chakra levels, I'm guessing, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so you might, you might kind of watch their body. Uh, for example, first chakra. I'd like to talk about that one because a lot of people with trauma, they are uncomfortable being in their bodies. And a first chakra, that would be a major first chakra block, blockage. So the first chakra is our most physical chakra. And um, it's, kind of, it's kind of bringing us here in the now and the moment to live our soul's highest purpose. And so, and so I, think, I think if someone right away, if they're, not, if they're in their heads and, and a therapist is trying to bring them into their heart and their body and they're having a hard time, um, I would, I would just explore certain, you know, first chakra themes like um, family history. Is there, was there any, anything physical that happened to them? Is, you know, is there something about their bodies that makes them feel really uncomfortable? Um, like um, incest or child abuse or, or even, even, you know, something recent where they had a trauma recent, right? They got beat up. Um, and it's just, it's just made them feel, and you know, just however they might feel in their body. They don't want to connect. Um, so that might be one example. Um, a lot of sexual issues, of course, is in the second chakra. Um, the first chakra, its theme is about being, feeling safe, secure, grounded, but not stuck or stubborn. And, and you want to be embodied. And then the second chakra is about really being able to enjoy the pleasures out of life and work. A lot of sacrum pain or lower back pain is work-related rela fear, anxieties, uh, the kidneys um, help to process that. And so I guess a therapist, if they do get to know the chakra system, they, they might say, oh, okay, um, maybe we can work with that. Like maybe a nice saltwater bath if they need some soothing in their first chakra or second chakra or some, 
gentle yoga, you know, depending on where they're at with their physical ability to help them get into their bodies, some, some type of mind body um, uh, practice that's physical um, or walking or walking on the beach, something that helps them connect physically. Um, the, the power center, you know, has a lot to do with people's, um, you know, feeling that sense of inner power to go forth, to be that sunny self, their outward expression, you know, being able to kind of present themselves in the world in a really um, constructive way that's, you know, following their soul's mission. And has that been shut down? Have they had, you know, some sort of emotional abuse and they've never let let themselves, you know, they haven't had a chance to let themselves shine. And so like in my book, I give ways on how to work with the chakras and different ideas, how to, um, the themes for each chakra and different ideas on what you could do as, as a therapist, um, to say, hey, try try this if they feel like there's a theme in a different area of the body that they could work on. Um, so each chakra has a little has a psychological theme and sort of an archetype. I go into the archetypes. I even go into the astrology of each chakra and just different ways to work on it and get them into alignment because um, uh, it's interesting. Um, some people will focus on one chakra for a whole session, but keep in mind that they're not a segmented like construct. They're all integrated. And so um, like a symphony, they're all playing this beautiful sound and they all want to uh, show this beautiful light and, um, and it's beautiful when it's all in harmony. So so working actually with just one chakra is good, but keep in mind that all the chakras will be affected, even if you are just working with one. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. And, and so when we're talking about the Kundalini energy, that is an energy, right, that can move through all the chakras. It's something that comes up from the base of the spine. Tell us more about this. Yeah. So, um, the idea of kundalini is a life force. Some have even, uh, I've heard it even called Holy Spirit, um, but it's a life force that is said to be involved with forming us um, in the womb. And then after we're born, the energy kind of co coils up and goes dormant in the base of the spine, first chakra. And kundalini actually means um, not snake, but I believe it's coiled, coiled like a snake. And then when it can awaken, it can actually feel like I had one client. It was amazing. He had no idea what was happening to him, but I had already read my kundalini awakening was much different, but I had already read so much on it. And word for word textbook, he said during the middle of the night, and this was just an engineer, normal guy here in Silicon Valley. And he said it felt like something was slithering up his back. 
I mean, like he would describe it word for word textbook, Kundalini awakening experience. Mm -hmm. And so letting him know that was happening to him and it's okay, calm down, really helped him quite a bit. But, um, but it's a very strong energy that moves your body and it's not subtle. <laughs> so, and, and that's one thing too, like he was like, it's like he, it would just do, you know, make his body move. And, he, you know, for him, that was just a real shocker in the middle of the night, especially. And for me, I feel a lot of vibrations. I'll shake, I'll, I'll breathe different. There's a lot of different ways I feel it. But I like talking about his experience because it's so textbook Kundalini awakening. And so when it does, um, it does move up through the chakras. And because there can be blockages in the chakras, it can energy can push against those blockages. So as it's purifying them, it could be very transformational. And as you know, transformation is sometimes quite painful in the process. <laughs> so person, especially in therapy, and if a therapist can really kind of be in tune with what they're saying, um, a person could have visions. These visions could be demons. They may not be warm and fuzzy visions. Um, it could scare the life out of them. Um, they could be acting out, they could be acting out sexually as it moves through the second chakra, as it moves through the uh, uh, third chakra, they could be acting out anger going through the liver. Um, there's so many ways a person might act out of energy blockage. And I think for a therapist, what, what to notice if these are unique, experiences not something they've they've had like like there's not a uh there's not a um, history of mental illness this person's really um doing well in society they have relationships a great job they're they're just they just happen to be all of a sudden having something unusual that's that's super uncomfortable um, there are some books that there's some really intense experiences. Those make it into the textbooks, of course. <laughs> and, and, but not all of them are that intense or that scary. I think they're just, um, alarming. It's not, it's not something when it awakens, it's not something somebody just doesn't notice you know what I mean and then it it's said to travel up the spine well it does it travels up the spine and and it's supposed to be this loving relationship of God and goddess so you've got the goddess energy kundalini or and it goes up the spine to meet with the heaven so we've got earth so it's earth energy okay the energy of earth um, that's created this physical existence and body going up the spine to meet the heaven energy, you know, or the Godhead or, or the masculine energy and, um, and that it wants to reunite. And then, um, and then that reunited experience um, 
awakens the person in a way I think that they're meant to be awakened. They seem to, they seem to just have a different awareness about life. I think they feel more connected to nature, to earth. They, they um, probably feel less lonely. Um, they have more of a sense of connection to the universe and they might experience intense feelings of bliss and uh, they might change their careers and, and then finally get to that transformation stage of the butterfly where they're a completely different person. So every, every experience though is different, I think for each person. Yeah. And I think the key in that is that um, when a person is having a difficult Kundalini experience that it can show up as mental health symptoms, they could get depressed. Uh, the visions and things you talked about, some MDs or, you know, certain therapists might think that's psychotic and that the person needs to be on medication. And what we know is that if we stop this process, if we try to medicate it, or we don't let the person go through that unfolding, that it can really have a kind of a toxic effect on them. It really, it, you can stop the process that needs to really to be happening. Yes. And I was so impressed. I'm so impressed with a psychiatrist that I meet at ASAP. Um, and when I talk about the Kundalini, I've had psychiatrists, I've met so many psychiatrists that are actually working to get people off a of psychotropic medication from intense, they call them bad Kundalini rising experiences. I call them intense <laughs> Kundalini experiences, but um, they are actually um, have been referred or somehow have um, gotten patients where they're trying to get them off the medication and they were given it to it specifically for kundalini rising but then at the same time i can't judge even though i i work with people um uh and help them through it um if they don't have someone to work with them on that level to say it's okay you know what you know to give them exercises to help them through it to calm them down to calm their nervous system down a lot of it's their nervous system they're on fight flight response and their nervous system isn't is out of balance and if they're so out of balance and they can't live appropriately you know they're you know it's it's you know i think i think a well-meaning therapist or psychiatrist just is trying to help somebody so they can live and cope with life. And so I don't, I don't, you know, first, you know, I think at ITP, it's all about, yeah, don't put them on medication, you know, and, and I agree with that. But at the same time, if someone's really struggling, you've got to think about that too. And, 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 you know, they're just doing the best they can to help that person get through the day at work, if they've got kids or children they're taking care of, you know, we just never, we can't walk in someone's shoes unless we know, right? Or, or we don't know unless we can walk in their shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Every situation is different, but just for people to know that this is a phenomenon that occurs, it is a 
potentially really life transforming experience. And it can be a really wonderful experience if they can get the proper support for their Yes, yes. So I would love to give our audience a little sampling of how you work with clients and you're going to lead us in a little meditation or something. Yes. I, so just a, um, how I work with clients is kind of like what you had mentioned is really give them the support and kind of cheer them through it. Like let them, let them feel like they're going through this amazing passive, you know, and you know, every culture, like, you know, we've lost a lot of our indigenous um, ceremonies and, and so maybe create a ceremony with them or, or something that helps them feel like they're going through a rite of passage because they are. And so it's a celebration and, and, and also give them, give them some, um, give them some things to watch out for and say, well, you know, you might get worse before you get better, or you might act out some of these problems you've shared, they might get worse before they get better and things like that. So that, so they can go, so when they're, cause usually, you know, when it's just a Kundalini awakening and not that they've had a history of mental health, they're very aware of what's going on. You know what I mean? And you can really work with that. So, um, but yeah, I, I was inspired to share um, my book. So when I wrote my book, uh, I, I put together with um, a lot of the techniques I had at the time, um, a meditation to inspire Kundalini rising. Now the meditation is a lot longer, but I was inspired to just share the, um, to do a meditation and just share the goddess invocation, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. Okay. So go ahead and we'll just relax. I like to do a little bit of physical relaxation when I go into meditation. So we'll just relax and focus in on your breathing. Focus in on the breath as you inhale. As you exhale. Become aware of your body. And how you feel right now in this moment. Notice the beat of your heart. And if there's a problem or an intention or something that you would like to bring focus to for this meditation, go ahead and do that now. And as you think about that, all of your stress is just melting off your body as you relax deeper and deeper.
And now let's invoke the goddess and her love and support for your intention or any problem that you might have. And then silently think about how it might feel to connect with the goddess and how would it be for you to have your kundalini awaken? Does it feel scary? Exciting? Perplexing? Doubtful? Good. And then just take a breath and let all of that go. And now I'll go ahead and begin the invocation. And I'm going to pause so you can repeat after me mentally or out loud each sentence with love and deep gratitude. I ask from the vital life force, the guardian angels, the wisdom of each chakra, and the guidance that specializes in my specific prayers and needs towards healing and living fully in life. I ask the goddess for protection from any influences not supporting my soul's evolution and highest good. Surround Surround me with a pink bubble of energy full of roses. Feel the roses around you, floating on you, around your aura, protecting you. Roses are symbols of love and they're symbol of the goddess. Now repeat, please goddess. Bestow your grace upon me and remove any veils that cause limitations towards transpersonal consciousness. Beloved goddess, Please gently awaken Kundalini so that I can better serve your planet and all of creation. I deeply respect this healing work. 
and pray that my highest intentions and highest good will come to pass and that my work will be a blessing to all living beings. Now just relax and just notice all that you feel inside your body. Notice all that you hear outside and inside your body. Notice all that you smell, all that you taste. And notice all that you see in the front of your mind, in the back of your mind, and sense in your stomach. Now take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale, sigh through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Exhale, sigh through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Exhale, sigh through the mouth. Now start to blink your eyes open and take your hands and rub them on your thighs. And so we're gonna do some grounding. Oftentimes this type of meditation needs quite a bit of grounding afterwards. <laughs> so feel your feet solid on the floor and cross one hand on one knee and one hand on the other knee. And Keep your eyes open, but feel like your feet are solidly rooted and grounded on the floor and that you're absorbing earth energy into the feet. 
You just rooted to Mother Earth and her energies rising into your feet. And then release your hands and put them on top of your head. All right, so integrating the energy back down. You may need to go all the way back down to your first chakra. <laughs> All right. And that was lovely. Okay. <laughs> Do you Sorry. feel grounded? <laughs> yeah. For, that was really great. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of meditation. What I really could feel was like my crown chakra was open and energy was coming in. And it was very, like at one point, very quiet and very still. Wow which I think of with feminine energy, you know, with that kind of thing. So that was, yeah, really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you for leading us in that. And, and Deborah, tell me, where can people find you? If they want to find out more about you, your work, your book, where can they go? Um, I have a website called training.coach. Training.coach. And then um, they could always contact me at DebraCohen at gmail.com. Deborah with no H at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we will add that to the show notes. We'll have links okay, yeah. to, to, all, to all of that. So people can easily find you. And, oh, you know, now in this like more peaceful space, it's like, what would it take for, for our viewers and listeners to like, really embody that energy and, and take it with them throughout their day, you know, and keep coming back when the world is so chaotic and stressful sometimes to be able to come back within to this quieter, more peaceful space. That's really cool. And, you know, people, you guys can, you know, even clip that piece out of the recording and just have like that meditation as a guided meditation. That's really cool. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for letting be on your show it's such an honor such a pleasure really, yes totally a pleasure so happy to have you on there so just loving you know sharing this information with people letting people know that if they are struggling there are many 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 ways to address any kind of challenges you're having in your life it isn't just about talking about problems or taking a pill there are this many many holistic beautiful therapies that you can explore and uh, we'll put in the links for Deborah's stuff. Thank you again for being with us today. And thank you all for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Adriana Popescu. Tune in next time to another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. And if you like what you've heard today, please do like, share, comment, so we can get as many people listening to the show as possible. Thank you all. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.